I think most of you know that uh, I was living in France for 14 years, and uh, because of that, I've lost count of the number of times that I've crossed the English Channel, but it must be in the hundreds by now. And my most recent crossing was a little less than 12 hours ago. I <laughs> drove, <laughs> drove with some friends um, down to Italy in a van to help them move, uh, and I drove the van back uh, and got home this morning after 2,000 miles in five days. So if I'm a little bit slow or groggy this morning, that's probably the reason why. But I'm very grateful for the Channel Tunnel. Not only is it quicker and easier to cross, it also means that I don't have to get in a boat in order uh, to go over to France. And that's a very good thing because I happen to get seasick very easily. I can remember once going over to Norway by ferry, and it was about 20 years ago, the crossing lasted a whole 24 hours. And the sea was as flat and calm as could be, but it didn't matter. I still got horribly sick on that, on that journey. And as Lou's already mentioned this morning, we're looking again at just a few verses from Matthew's Gospel, chapter 8, continuing our series about following Jesus And this is a very well-known bit where Jesus is in a boat crossing a lake with his disciples and suddenly there's a storm which is so violent that their lives seem to be in danger. But Jesus is asleep in the boat. And we know what happens. The disciples wake him up and they ask him to save them. And Jesus proceeds to calm the storm. And It's just a few verses. It's a very short account. Another incident that Matthew records for us in just a few words, but full of emotion, full of drama, and then suddenly it's over and done with. But I'd like us to explore together this morning what we make of this story and what we can take from this story. And to help us, I'd like to suggest there are two things that this passage is about Those two things are Jesus first and foremost, then justifiable fears and faith. Jesus first and foremost, and then justifiable fears and faith. And those two things are linked to two questions that we find in this passage. Let me just read it for us. I'll read from Matthew chapter 8. It's on page 973 in the church Bibles if you want to open it up and follow with me. I'll read from verse 18 to verse 27. It's just the second half that we're going to focus on this morning, but it helps to, to link the two parts together. When Jesus saw the crowd around him, he gave orders to cross to the other side of the lake. Then a teacher of the law came to him and said, Teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. But Jesus told him, follow me and let the dead bury their own dead. Then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping 
The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us, we're going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. So there are two questions. One asked by the disciples about Jesus at the end of the passage. What kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. And the other is asked by Jesus about the disciples. Why? You of little faith, why are you so afraid? So two questions. One about Jesus, one about the disciples. First and foremost, Jesus. And then fears and faith. So starting with Jesus, first and foremost. As Lou mentioned last week... This is a situation where Jesus is taking the initiative. He sees the crowds and he says, we're going to cross over to the other side of the lake. And he orders them. And then there are two people who come and one says, I'll follow you wherever. And the other one says, first, can I go and do this? And Jesus deals with that. But then he gets into the boat and his disciples follow him. And Jesus is the focus here. Matthew is writing about Jesus. Matthew wants his readers to know about Jesus. Our our attention needs to be on Jesus first and foremost. What does this incident with the boat and the storm tell us about Jesus? That should be our first question. Is this just another miracle? Like the healing of the man with leprosy, the healing of the centurion's servant who was paralyzed, the healing of Peter's mother-in-law. We've seen those things in succession. But I'd want to suggest that this is something else. This is a different kind of miracle. This is a different order of miracle. And it's a miracle that reveals something about Jesus. When Jesus healed those people, it also revealed something about him. Obviously, he revealed his, his authority, his compassion. Matthew quotes from Isaiah saying, this is Jesus taking up our suffering. But what about Jesus calming the storm, controlling the elements like this? Sounds like something out of a superhero movie, doesn't it? And we can be subtly persuaded because we've seen those films that this is nothing more than a story that someone has made up. But what if it really happened? What if Jesus really did the things that we read here? When I was at school, I had RE lessons, religious education. I can remember the teacher explaining away all the miracles that Jesus did with a sort of scientific explanation. You know, Jesus walking on water when it was so shallow that it just looked like he was walking on water, and the other miracles as well. And as a teenager, I was persuaded by that I thought yeah Jesus did those things but they weren't real miracles and it was only when I was in my 20s that I began to read the Bible for the first time and started asking questions about whether these things really happened and it makes a huge difference if these things happened or not in the Psalms we learn a lot about God 
And in Psalm 89, there are a couple of very interesting verses that I'd like to read to you. It's easy to remember, Psalm 89, verses 8 and 9. Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty, and your faithfulness surrounds you. You rule over the surging sea. When its waves mount up, you still them. And remember, when Moses was leading the Israelites out of Egypt, they came to the Red Sea, and and their path was blocked. Their escape was blocked by the water before them. But that wasn't a problem for God. God made the wind blow and separated the waters. They were able to cross on dry ground. So, in this situation, where Jesus calms the storm, it isn't just a demonstration of Jesus' power and authority. It is once again, as we've seen Matthew explain several times, he's been underlining it, that Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus, in calming the storm, is doing the things that the psalmist told us that God did, that in the story of Moses, it's God who parts the waters and enables uh, the Israelites to be saved and Moses with them. So this incident is about Jesus first and foremost. The disciples are in the process of learning about who this Jesus is. And their question at the end is, what kind of man can do this? They haven't yet realized who Jesus really is, but they know enough to ask the question, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. This is a different kind of miracle to the healings. This is a miracle that clearly shows who Jesus is. And we know a lot more than the disciples do. But I think we need to be reminded as well that Jesus is more than just a person who lived a long time ago, who taught good things, who did good things. No, he is unlike any person who has ever lived And that brings us to the second thing that this passage is about. Justifiable fears and faith. You see, the disciples in the boat with Jesus, some of them at least, are experienced fishermen. And this this lake is one that they know very well. Lou said it last week, they would have crossed this lake many, many times. And yet here, in this moment, the storm terrifies them. And Matthew doesn't tell us what they would have done before they went to wake up Jesus. But we know that the account is kind of condensed because we're told that Jesus gets into the boat, his disciples follow him. Suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake, but Jesus is already asleep. So some time must have elapsed. And therefore, when the disciples go to to wake Jesus, they've probably already tried all the things they know how to do perhaps rowing against the wind, trying to direct the boat out of the storm, whatever. They would have tried those things because they were experienced fishermen. But it's not enough. The waves are coming over the boat and they're in real danger. They 
believe in Jesus, which is why they go to him and wake him up and say, Lord, save us. But what do we make of what Jesus says to them? You of little faith, why are you so afraid? You see, Jesus wasn't afraid. And he didn't want the disciples to be afraid either. But he makes this connection between faith and fear. Jesus is training them for other storms. He's already taught them about storms, hasn't he? At the end of the Sermon on the Mount, he tells the parable of the wise and the foolish builders, where houses are being built and storms come. And depending on the foundations, the wise man's house built on the rock stands and survives the storm, whereas the foolish man's house collapses because it's only built on sand. Jesus has already taught them about storms, and storms will come for all of us. And Jesus is training them for other storms that they're going to face. And we know, we know that these men who here are terrified later on will face enormous challenges They will stand before authorities who are threatening to imprison them or even put them to death. And they will refuse to stop teaching about Jesus. So a time is coming when these men are going to be full of faith. But for the moment there, they are afraid. It's only natural to be afraid in this situation. They think they're going to drown. But Jesus is helping them to connect the dots. They've already seen Jesus doing things, healing people. But when they're in the boat and they're panicking because of the danger, they've forgotten, they've forgotten who's in the boat with them and what Jesus is able to do. They've seen Jesus heal many people. They've seen him drive out evil spirits. But they haven't yet made all the connections. So in this situation, they're afraid. And what about us? What are we afraid of? And in what kinds of situations do we find ourselves panicking? It's it's a human reaction, isn't it? But even though Jesus says to them, you of little faith, later on he's going to say, You only need a little bit of faith in order to move mountains. The problem isn't that they only have a little bit of faith. The thing that Jesus is addressing here is that they're afraid when they don't need to be afraid because of Jesus. And I think that's the remedy for our fears as well. We need to remember who Jesus is. And we need to remember what Jesus has promised. As I mentioned earlier, we were, I was going to Italy this week with some friends uh, who were moving to, to be missionaries there. And when we got to Folkestone, to the Eurotunnel, um, we, drove, we drove the van through the passport uh, checks and we got to the French customs and they stopped us. 
and they said, where is your document listing everything that's in this van, thousands of things in this van, in, in hundreds of boxes? And for a moment, it looked like they weren't going to let us go <laughs> through to France. They were going to send us back to Southampton. And it was, it was a moment of panic. It was a moment of uncertainty. Everything had been prepared for this trip to Italy, and suddenly it looked like there was a storm. And thankfully, even though the reaction, the natural reaction was one of, of, of panic and of turning to Jesus and saying, Lord, we need your help in this situation, thankfully the French lady, customs lady, uh, having given them a fine of 200 euros, took pity on them and said, actually, you can, you can go, you can continue your journey. But at that moment, and there are, there are things that happen that cause us to be afraid and to, to wonder what's going on and to panic. But it's the difference that faith makes. And faith is about trust, isn't it? It's about confidence, it's about knowing who Jesus is. There are some people who say that they, that they don't have faith because faith is kind of a religious thing. But actually the word for faith is the same word for trust. It's the same word for confidence. And we all put our trust in something or someone. Last week, Lou spoke about the importance of small steps of obedience and small steps of faith. And if you weren't here last week, I'd really encourage you to listen to that talk. And even if you were here last week, I'd encourage you to listen to that talk again because it is so vital for us following Jesus. And again, I thought of Peter and Suzanne and their move to Italy. They left Southampton um, to spend two months in an Airbnb in Italy. So they don't know where they're eventually going to live. Um, but they left behind their house here in Southampton empty, hoping to rent it to someone, but actually no one, no one was renting their house. And then the day after we arrived, they got a phone call from the agent saying that um, there was a family whose house had been flooded, and the insurance company uh, were going to pay for six months of accommodation, pay up front six months of accommodation. So suddenly that was, again, all sorted. But it made me think that Peter and Suzanne were trusting what the estate agent had said. The estate agent, before leaving, had said, you're going to be able to rent your flat. It won't be a problem. But they still had to leave the house empty without any tenants So they were putting their trust in the estate agent, but more than that, they were putting their trust in Jesus, who is taking care of all the details related to their move. And that's the same for us. We have all got things that we can trust Jesus for today. And that's what he wants us to do. He wants us to learn how to trust him. Jesus is helping his disciples to join the dots between what they've seen of him and what they believe about him. And having looked at Psalm 89, there's just one other verse that I wanted to mention from Isaiah 41, because I think this is what is going on in this, in this situation with the storm and Jesus calming it. 
So uh, Isaiah 41 verse 10. This is a verse that's, that's worth memorizing. Such a, a practical verse. So do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. I think this is what Jesus is doing with his disciples in the boat. Do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be dismayed, for I am your God. He's not spelling it out for them, but effectively this is what Jesus is wanting to communicate. He wants them, and he wants us to have faith in him, faith in Jesus I think sometimes I have a tendency to have faith in faith. I'm a Christian. I come to church. There's a tendency to put my faith in that, in my activity. And there's kind of a correction that's needed, a reminder to put our faith and trust and confidence in Jesus first and foremost. And it occurred to me that Sometimes we pray for healing, and Jesus healed many people. But quite often our prayers are not answered as we would want them to be. And perhaps more often, Jesus does this miracle for us, where there's some storm going on in our lives, and we turn to Jesus, and he brings peace. He stills the storm, whatever that might be, whatever situation that might be. I think perhaps... Jesus does that for us more often. So we're not promised a trouble-free life. But we are promised Jesus with us. And he is with us. And he will continue to be with us. So let's pray. Lord, thank you that so often we find ourselves in situations that are beyond what we can cope with, or we have difficulty, we struggle. And Lord, we want to thank you that you are always there. And thank you for who you are, for your great uh, love and authority and power. And Lord, thank you that we can turn to you. And Lord, we want to, like the disciples experience the peace that you bring. Lord, thank you that you were able to rebuke the wind and the waves and there was calm. And Lord, thank you for the times that you do that in our lives as well. Lord, thank you that you are with us always. Help us, Lord Jesus, to trust you. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.